Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. Good morning. It's great to see you guys. I have a little case of the coronavirus right now, so I'm a little (laughs) bad timing. I'm sorry. I think it's just a cold. So I sound a little bit funny today, but bear with me because we're starting something I think is hugely uh, important. I want to spend four weeks talking about the Father's blessing. I just had a sense in my spirit as we uh, finished a series on uh, life change and we're going into the Lent season, which is really about uh, self-denial and sacrifice and walking with Jesus through those desert days. Before we get there, I want to spend four weeks just receiving something from our Father. I want to spend four weeks talking about the Father's blessing. Now, I just want to start with a question, what's up with dads? Um, we have this scenario that plays out every summer in our house. Um, we get ready to go on vacation, summer vacation, which is typically a, a, a rent house on a beach with my extended family. So my mom and dad, my, uh, my sister and brother-in-law, their kids, our kids, we all converge on this one house. We have a great time. But Casey is amazing leading up. She's my wife, if you don't know Casey. She's amazing leading up with our boys because she does what a lot of you moms do. She gets out all the swimsuits that have been packed away somewhere in the closet and and she tries them all on and inevitably our kids are growing like weeds. So it's like, hey, we've got to go buy new swimsuits. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go get new swimsuits. And then I might go to the mall with her, but she's like picking out the sizes and, and all that stuff. And she might ask me like, do you like this one or this one? I was I, I like that one. That, that one's nice. And she's, she's getting the suntan lotion. She's making sure that we have towels and uh, floaties and goggles. Like that's a big deal, having the right goggles for your kids when they get to the pool so that when we get there to that beach house, right, the kids are ready to go. And then we step out on that porch, the kids jump in the pool, and what do they say? Dad! Dad, get in. Dad, jump in the water. Dad, throw the football. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in the water, throw it, and I'll catch it. Dad, Dad, please, like, I, I want to swim on your back. Dad, catch me. I'm going to jump to you, right? It's all, it's like mom does all the hard work, and dad walks out like a rock star. They're like, Dad, Dad. Moms, can I get an amen out there? Do y'all feel any of that ever? Okay. Moms, I just want to tell you, as we enter into a series on the Father's blessing, I just want you to know that you are so incredibly vital. Like, we couldn't do life without moms. Like, we need you guys. But what's up with dads? What's up with our children that when we step out into the pool, they're like, Dad, Dad, Dad. You see, hardwired into every human being, man, woman, little boy, little girl, is a need, a desire for the Father's blessing. 
And that's what I want to talk about over this time period. Uh, Louis Giglio is a, a famous guy in the Christian world. He founded uh, Passion Conferences, Passion City Church in Atlanta. And you've probably heard of him before. He speaks at a lot of gatherings and events. And so he works with primarily 18 to 25-year-olds. And he has for the last two plus decades. And what he said he's seeing over that time period is a rise in fatherlessness and at the same time, a rise in things like anxiety. I was doing some research this week, and uh, I was just curious what other kinds of things are connected with that. And he's right. There has been a rise since the 60s in fatherlessness. Right now, one in four kids will grow up without their dad in the home. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders are from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And the list goes on and on. Teenage pregnancy, drug and alcohol abuse, incarcerations, juvenile detention. It's like it's all bad once fathers are out of the picture. What's up with dads? I know that this is a, a, a sensitive topic, and I just want to tread softly onto the sacred parts of your heart over these next four weeks. But I think there's something important that needs to happen in us, because some of us here have had amazing dads. Like, your dad was fantastic, or he is fantastic. Maybe your dad's passed away, but you just, you, you have these great memories of your dad. Some of us have had good dads, right? They're good dad. You know, not, not perfect by any means, but good dad. Some of us had dads that maybe were harmful. Dads that made you just feel like really insignificant or, or small or, or like you didn't matter to him. Some of us didn't have a dad, Right? Maybe dad just wasn't there. He wasn't in the picture for whatever reason. He wasn't there. Or some of your dads may have never even known that you existed. Right? But none of us have had perfect earthly dads. Now, this is not blame your dad Sunday at Renaissance Church. Okay, that's not what we're talking about this morning. I actually want to shift the conversation by looking at this passage in 2 Corinthians 6, 18. This is Paul. He's quoting uh, multiple Old Testament passages, and he's putting them together for a church that's primarily non-Jewish Gentiles like us in this room here today. And he says this, he says, and I will be a father to you. He's quoting and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I want to read that again. I will be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. If you were to look at just the, the life of Jesus, just scan the Gospels, think about what Jesus said, it's like he reveals God to us as Father. It's the primary way he reveals him. Yes, he's creator. Yes, he's almighty. Yes, he's the holy one. But Jesus reveals him as a father. He said things like, uh, I and the father are one. Or I only do what I see my father doing. 
he taught his disciples when he was teaching them how to pray. And he said, look, I, I don't want you to go on, on the street corners like the hypocrites and pray for other people to see you. Instead, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into your closet and shut the door. And I want you to pray to your father who sees in secret. And then he teaches them the model prayer. And it begins with this, our father. God is a father to us. And so I don't know what you've come from. I don't know how you would describe your earthly experience of dad. But here's what I know, is that God wants to be father to you. There's a quote by uh, A.W. Tozer, who's one of my favorites. I think every Christian should read A.W. Tozer. This is from Knowledge of the Holy. And, and this is this always stuck into my mind and my heart. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but get this, what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. This is true not only of the individual Christian, but of the company of Christians that compose the church. Always the most revealing thing about the church is her idea of God, just as her most significant message is what she says about him or leaves unsaid, for her silence is often more eloquent than her speech. That phrase, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And it says what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. And then he says there's a secret law, almost like gravity, like, like something that, that just we tend to. It's this pull on our life. And he says, look, it's your idea of God. It's, it's what you believe God to be like that has this gravitational pull on you. And you're going to live your life in light of that. And I think he's right. It's so important that we understand who our Father is. And so this morning, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at our Father's being. I want to look at, before we talk about blessing, we're going to get there over these next four weeks. But first, we need to understand, what is he like? And maybe for you, that's just, you know, you're going to have to sort of differentiate, like, what my experience of my earthly dad was to now, what is my experience of my heavenly Father, what is he like? So to do that, we're going to look at Psalm 86. If you want to turn there with me, we're going to spend some, uh, some time in this passage. And this is beautiful. This is a Psalm of David. David is king of Israel. He's lamenting here because he's being attacked. There's a band of ruthless men, he says, that are attacking him. And, and you can imagine being a high-profile leader, even in our day, like we, we, we have, you know, secret service and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, they didn't have all that stuff back then. And so he would have felt threatened when this band of ruthless men are attacking him. So he has this lament in Psalm 86. So let me read this for us, starting in verse 1. It says, Listen, Lord, and answer me, 
for I am poor and needy. Protect my life, for I am faithful. That could also be translated devoted to you. I'm devoted to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant's life because I appeal to you, Lord. For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abounding in faithful love to all who call on you. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea for mercy. I call on you in the day of distress, for you will answer me. Lord, there's no one like you among the gods, and there are no works like yours. All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name. For you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. Verse 11, teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and I will honor your name forever. For your faithful love for me is great, and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. God, arrogant people have attacked me. A gang of ruthless men intends to kill me. They do not let you guide them, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your female servant. Show me a sign of your goodness. My enemies will see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped and comforted me. This is the word of the Lord. So this is a beautiful psalm. It's a prayer. It's a man who's, who's under attack and he's calling to a father, to a heavenly father. And what I love about this prayer is that it's filled with the attributes of God. It's like he's praying and he's reminding himself about who his father is. And I just want to point out some of the things that he says to us. If you look there at verse 5, he said this, For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abounding in faithful love to all who call on you. That, that word kind could also be translated as good or pleasant. You're good, you're, you're pleasant, you're ready to forgive, and you're abounding in faithful love. Again, that could be translated as goodness, kindness, or mercy. And here's the point. Our Father is good. Our Father is good. Now, now maybe kind isn't a word that you would use to describe your relationship with your earthly father. Maybe it is. I, I don't know your story. But you need to know this about your heavenly father is that he is good. His heart, his intention, his demeanor, his posture toward you is good. And it's always good. It's his character. Our father is good. The, the second thing I want you to see is in verse 7. He says this, I call on you. In the day of my distress, for you will answer me. When you pray, do you pray like that? You will answer me. He's praying, he's pleading according to the character of his father. The second point is this our father is present, he's present. Like he's with us 
constantly in the hour of our need, in the day of distress. He's right there. Now, some of you, you're like, you know, I had a great dad. He's really great. But he just wasn't there. He was busy. He's distracted. He was always doing something else or he was always working late. And I loved him. He's, I love him. But it was just, he was, he was never there when I needed him. I want you to make the flip. Your heavenly father is present in the day of distress. When you need him most, he's right there. He's present. We, we use a theological word. It sounds cool to say omnipresent. You probably know what that means. It's that he's, he's present at all times, in all places, with all people. Now, that's always blown my mind because we live on a planet with 7 billion people on it. I mean, if, if I could just see the vantage point from God of like an anthill, of just this massive anthill of just people everywhere and, and it astounds me in the infinite uh, capacity of our father to be present with me in the moment of my need and he could be present with a, a man or a woman in India and a child in Ethiopia and, and all over the planet all at the same moment our father's present he's omni present. He has unlimited capacity for us. Now, verse 8 and 10, check this out. He says, Lord, there's no one like you among the gods. Little g. He's not saying, oh, there's all these gods out there, but our God's the best one out of all the gods. He's saying, no, little g gods. These are idols. These are false gods. These are not real. It's like people are worshiping stuff, but they don't know what it is. It says, no one like you among the gods, and there are no works like yours. All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name, for you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. What I want you to see is that he's saying our Father is strong. Like, he's strong. I remember as a kid, I... Uh, I would occasionally need some spankings. I don't know if y'all had spankings in your household. We had spankings, but I, I just want you to understand the gravity of this situation because uh, I was a scrawny little child and my father was a football player. He played for UT, played on the national championship team and uh, he played with Earl Campbell back in those days. He's a big man. He's a he's a tall man, he's strong, and when that man says, I'm going to spank you, you're like, huh, you're freaking out, right? Because dad, I mean, without even trying, he's just strong. And when that strength is used against you, it's scary, okay? I remember one time I, I was, uh, I'd done something I'm sure was deserving of a spanking, and dad was angry, and he was going to spank me, and I took off. I'll never forget. I don't remember hardly anything from my childhood, but I remember bolting out the front door, and I was running through that front yard, dodging the trees, and like, sure enough, dad caught me, and he got me good, all right? When that strength is used against you, it's scary, but here's the thing. When someone's breaking into your house, there's like that sense of, my dad's strong, right? 
If someone's coming to mess with you, you know, my dad's strong. Did you ever play that game as a kid? You're like, you're on the playground, like, my dad could beat up your dad. That's kind of what, that's kind of what David's saying. My dad could beat up your dad. All the gods will come <laughs> before you. He's strong. When you feel powerless against temptation, when you feel like, man, this same old sin's gonna just get me again, it's gonna fall right back in. I just want you to know something. Your father's strong. When you feel like darkness is overwhelming, like it's, I'm spiraling down into this thing, I just want you to remember something. Our Father is strong. You need to know that because there's stuff in life where we are not strong. We want to be, but we're not. And our Father is strong. So comforting to us. The next thing I want you to see is in verse 13, if you look at that with me. He says, your faithful love for me is great and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. Now you're like, what's Sheol? Well, Sheol is like the grave or the pit or hell. So he's saying, look, you rescue my life from the grave. Like these guys are coming to attack me, but you know what? You're with me. And he he uses this phrase, your faithful love for me. Your faithful love for me is great. And I just want you to catch that phrase for me. Because I think a lot of you here probably say, you know, God is love. I know that's true. God is loving. I, I know that verse in the Bible, right? God is love. That's his character. He's love. But when it comes to like loving you, you're like, uh, I don't know. I think so, maybe. You need to hear this from the word of God, your faithful love for me is great. Our God is loving. Our Father is loving. He's loving. And it's not a generic, everybody out there just kind of love thing. It's a, it's a very personal love for you. Your faithful love for me. So we have our Father is good. Our Father is present. Our Father is strong. Our Father is loving. But don't, don't miss this last one. It comes out of verse 15. Just look at this with me. He says, but you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Now, now, that doesn't seem like life-shattering, but I, I just want you to understand the phrases here, this compassionate, it, it's, it's like a full of compassion. Slow to anger is like he's abundant in patience. Any parents out there need more patience in your life, right? Our Father is abundant in patience. He says, abounding in faithful love and truth. What, what he's saying is our Father is generous. Like he's, he's got this big, full compassion. He's he's abundant in patience and he's abounding in faithful love and truth. He's generous. Again, I don't know how you would describe your earthly father, but your heavenly father is generous, abounding, full of, abundant in his provision for you. He is generous. 
We skipped over verse 11, but I just want to point out something to you. He says, teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. And get this phrase, give me an undivided mind to fear your name, an undivided mind. I was at a a conference, an Acts 29 conference, and uh, one of the leaders, his name is Bruce Wesley, uh, he pastors a church in a league city called Clear Creek Community Church, amazing man. And he was sharing a story of a young man that he was coaching. And this, this guy was a leader, he's leading in a church. And he said, man, this guy was, he was gifted, but he was like, he was going so fast all the time. It's like, everything was just like, man, just like couldn't slow this guy down. He was just going, 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 going. And he would never stop and do like the, the things that leaders need to do. If somebody disagreed with his plan, he would kind of fall apart. He would just sort of like, you know, lose his way and have to find another plan. If you were to like look at, you know, what he was pursuing, it's like whatever he just heard at the last conference or read in the last book, it was like, that's what he was doing over and over again. He was seeking this approval. He said what he lacked wasn't vision, mission, and all that kind of stuff. What he lacked was blessing. He was divided. So when we talk about this father's being, it's from the father's being which comes the father's blessing. And there's something about living without the blessing of God that has us all divided, looking for that approval from someplace else, that acceptance, that worth, that value, that, that sense of somebody cares about me. It's like we, we become leeches on people around us and we just suck all the life out of our relationships. Because we haven't received the Father's blessing, which comes from the Father's being. He's good. He's present. He's strong. He's loving. And he's generous. And this week, as we close, I, I I don't have an action step for you to take. I think the hard work for some of us here will be believing that this is true. I want to call you this morning to believe in the word of God about the character of your heavenly father. You know, we hear a phrase in our, in our culture, like you, you hear it all the time, everyone is worthy of love, right? You, you hear that? Or uh, you deserve to be loved, or somebody's being mistreated, like, you don't deserve that, right? You, you deserve to be loved. Everyone's worthy of love. And that sounds really great. But it's not true. That's not true. Now, don't hear me wrong. Everyone should be treated with love and dignity and respect, but not because they deserve it. And not because they're worthy of it because none of us in this room if we're honest are worthy of love we're not worthy of a father like that who would love us personally we're not but there was one who was worthy his name is jesus And Jesus took our unworthiness and he carried it onto a Roman cross. 
And he died the death of a criminal so that the worthiness of his life could be put onto us like a king's cloak over like dirty, filthy rags. And it's through this Jesus that we proclaim that you and I stand before God and he can look at you and say, my faithful love for you is great. I'm present with you. I'm here for you. See, the word that we use in the scripture is reconcile. That Jesus came to take this, this broken relationship between our heavenly father and us and to reconcile that. So I just want to tell you, if you want in on this, if you want a father like this, the only way to get it is through Jesus. To trust him, to, to turn yourself over to him and to follow Jesus. And in trusting Jesus, it's like this waterfall of the Father's blessing. It's a beautiful thing. Let's close in prayer. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.